Hey friends, welcome to the Confetti Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hinshaw. I believe that picture books open the magic for all readers. Today, open your heart and let all the book feels in. It's going to be so much fun. Let's open the magic. Welcome to another episode of Confetti Moments. I'm so glad you're here today. On today's episode, I get a chance to sit down with my friend, Eliana Bishop of Kid Lit Magic. We are gonna talk about her favorite picture books, how being a corporate mom and bringing the love into reading happens in her home, and we're gonna talk about her favorite type of cookie. Without further ado, welcome, Eliana. Thanks for having me, Courtney. I'm so excited. Me too. (laughs) Yes. I'm really excited about this series because it's all about book love. So all for February and bringing on special guests who I have made a connection with in the Instagram world that love books is just love books just as much as I do. And when I found you and I started following you and learning about more about you and just like, I'm so inspired that you are not a teacher, that you are in the corporate world and you, your son loves reading. And so do you, it's just, it makes me so happy. So why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Courtney. So my name is Eliana and I am um, the human behind the feed, uh, Kidlet is Magic. And um, starting with just a little bit about myself, I'm a working mother born and raised in New York City. And um, I didn't necessarily grow up with a a traditional love of reading. Um, However, I, after I became a mom was when my true love of reading came about and um, its ability to help me connect with my son is I think what defines me or has helped define me as a reader. Um, And being in this space and connecting with people like you has helped me figure out the kinds of books that I like and the kind of books that get me excited. And um, it's been great to be here and um, help give forth some of that excitement to other people like my followers. That's so awesome. I love how you said that you really have grown through this space of finding the books that you love the most. I feel like I've kind of been doing that lately too, where I'm really, okay, like what books do I really love versus what do I see? And people talk about it. And then I feel like I need it. And then I get it. And I think, oh, it's great, but it's not like, I don't love it as much. And so I think that's so great that you're kind of figuring that out for yourself. And I know you do, I think it's in May. And if it's not in May, I'm going to be, you just tell me that I'm wrong, but you do a whole month of picture books for Hispanic Heritage Month, and I know it's not May, and I'm, please tell us when it is. So it runs from September 15th to October 15th, um, and it, I, I've done it two years in a row, and it wasn't necessarily a plan, um, but it's a lot of fun for me to then find books that help me connect with my culture. Um, my son is multicultural, um, so bringing books into our home that are a reflection of that is really important to me. Um, Especially since growing up, I never came across books with characters that looked like me, let alone books that told stories like the ones of my culture and my family. So um, being in a position to be able to share that with others and just 
you know, find them and read them and get excited just myself about them um, has been such a treat. So the last uh, two years, I've focused exclusively on um, sharing Latinx slash Hispanic um, books on my feed during that month. And it's been such a joy to do that. And it's something that I like look forward to now every year. I know. I, I love it. And I find it so just magical and special because I love that you pretty much share who you are during that month. And I think that's just so, so neat. And that's like one of the reasons why I love Instagram is because people are able to do that. I would love to know. I always find it really interesting. All of us who love books now as adults, like what were you like as a reader growing up? Did you love reading? Did you not like, like what, what's your reading story? So a lot of people are surprised when I say this, um, given what I do on Instagram, but um, as a child, I was never read to once by my family um, for reasons beyond their control. Um, it's just not something that happened in our family. Um, I liked to read and I um, would buy books at our school book fair and would take books out from our school library, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I grew up in a culture that, or in an environment that fostered a love of reading. Um, and it's, it's something that a lot of, um, I would say immigrant families experience because this, you know, this isn't my, my parents like native country. My, my parents are from the Dominican Republic. Um, um, be that as it may, um, I have always enjoyed reading, but it was something that I did on my own. And then once uh, I got into college, my love of reading kind of went away, so to speak, when like all the reading that I had to do was more academic. And then um, my love of reading really resurged when I had my child. And um, it's been a lot of fun to kind of find myself again as a reader and see how my reading, my taste in books has evolved over the years. That's awesome. Where did you go to college? I started at NYU in New York City. Oh. I'm a born bred New Yorker. I, I was born here, raised here, went to school here. I love it. I love it. I love it. Just out of curiosity, what's the temperature in New York today? Um, when I woke up, I think it said it was 19 degrees. Yeah. Very cold. <laughs> it, I, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know how to like do life in 19 degree weather, but I'm sure I would acclimate. I mean, I went to college in Arizona and then I would come home on breaks and I'd be like, and I live in California and I would be like, oh my gosh, it's so cold here. And my parents are like, no, it's not. <laughs> so, you know, you'd acclimate, but I love that. I think it's so important that you made, um, that you shared about how as a kid, your, your family dynamic, even though it was so wonderful, it wasn't a reading home and how you on your own made it that way. And now are continuing that into your child's life. I think it's so important for everybody to know that you can start anything whenever you want, because that's what life gives us. We can always start something new. You don't have to have always done it to start something new versus you don't have to keep doing something because you've always done it. And I think that's so powerful that people understand that and that other people can share that with them. Okay, we're getting into my favorite questions now. And this, as a picture book lover, we really hate this question because we have so many favorite picture books. Like my kids always tell me, Miss Henshaw, you just said yesterday that was your favorite book. And I said, well, it was. And now today it's this one. So I would love to know, what are your favorite picture books that give you confetti moments that you feel like my listeners need in their home library or in their classroom? 
Oh, I could talk about this for hours and hours. How much time do you have? <laughs> I mean, girl, you know, you and I have done hours and hours of this. So now we're just letting all the people in on our secrets. So I would say that at the top of the list, the books that get me personally super jazzed. Can I interrupt you for one second? I just want to let my listeners know that all the books that Eliana talks about today will be in the show notes. So you don't have to be like scribbling or like pulling over on the side of the road. It'll all be in the show notes. Okay, Eliana, go ahead. So um, books that I see myself in and see my family and my culture in. Um, I mentioned that growing up books like these were non-existent. I never saw, um, books that featured, um, Latino families at all. So to, to be raising my son during a time when like, that's just not the case is amazing. Um, the first picture book that I saw that was super specific to my family is the book Island Born. Yes. And it's about a little girl who was born in the Dominican Republic and left there really young and was now in the United States, is in school. And she was given a school project where everyone had to talk about, you know, the country, the, the, their, their country of origin. And she was having a hard time with it because she came here when she was so little that she couldn't remember. And the entire book was her basically talking to people in her community, people in her family about what the island was like or is like. And every single page, page after page after page was such a beautiful representation of what life in the Dominican Republic is like. And, and I, I, I sat with that book for a while before I even shared it with my son because it, it felt like such a gift um, to me. And it's just, it's, it's my favorite. It's my favorite picture book. Oh my gosh. I want to go now reread it with like you in mind. And I know I'm, and I already love it. So now I know I'm going to even love it more because the illustrations are just gorgeous. The illustrations are gorgeous. Um, it's a bit of a wordier picture book, which are the picture books that I tend to like more, but all that aside, um, it's sprinkled with Spanish, um, it shows like multi-generational families. Um, it shows a multicultural classroom. And it's just, it's, it's a representation of my family. It's a representation of my culture. It represents my city. Um, it's, you know, I live in a very diverse city and it's just, you know, representation in picture books is not just for kids. Like adults want to see themselves too, because of the adults that are reading the books to the kids are excited about those books and the kids are going to get excited about those books. Um, so my son really enjoys when we read that book together too. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I love how you just said about how picture books are not just meant for kids and that they're for everyone. And it's so true that you as an adult read that book, saw yourself and had this confetti moment where you felt like you belonged and that you felt like, wow, I can share my culture with others and other people are reading it and learning about my culture. How, like, how amazing is that? And now I have like a handful of books that are specific to um, the Dominican Republic, which is, which is just like mind boggling to me. Um, and it's, it, it feels like such a gift. Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh my gosh. I'm just like, so just sitting here, I'm just so thankful for books that like books brought you and I together. Books are bringing my listeners together. Like what better way to enjoy life than through books. And sometimes I even get like sad thinking one day when I'm not here anymore, when I'm like really old, 
there's going to be books that I, that are going to come out that I don't know about. Or even now there's books that are out that like, if I saw it, I would just, just be so excited. Mm, gosh, it's just, it's a small, small world problem. Right. But you know, Okay. One of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on Confetti Moments is I love that you are not a teacher and you're not a librarian, that you are a mom in the workforce. So how would you, or what advice would you give parents who are not in the education world, but want to create a book full experience for kids in their home? I love this question because I think when people come to my Instagram, I think there's an assumption that I'm a teacher or in, edu or in education or an aspiring author, but I'm, I'm, I'm none of those things. I, I appreciate all those things, but I'm none of those things. Um, books are, have always been a way for me to connect with my son as a working mom um, who spends like a good portion of her day away from her child, um, coming home at the end of the day and reading a book together brings, brings us so much joy. Um, we didn't start off with a lot of books. We started off with just a handful of board books. Um, and I actually started to learn about the books that I wanted to bring into my home from other bookstagrammers. I discovered the world of bookstagram one day when I was just scrolling the gram and I discovered a few accounts and I started following them. And I was like, you know what? This is better than just like blindly going into a bookstore and just like picking up a book and like, you know, not having to necessarily read it. You have somebody else that's previewed the book and told you why it's so awesome. So um, one of the things that I did was started following bookstagrammers before I came one, became one. Um, I also started frequenting the library a lot. Um, you don't only have to buy books to bring books into your home. You can visit the library and going to the library became um, a part of our routine when my son was really young. Um, and then once we brought the books home, I made sure they were everywhere. We have books and I, I live in a small ish or for New York city standards, it's a big apartment, but for the rest of the country, I live in a small space, but there are books in every single room of our home. Um, books are literally everywhere. They're, they're at an arm's reach from any, anywhere you are. And I think that's also really important in like building a culture of reading in your home. Um, I also make sure that my son sees me reading. I think that's like modeling the behavior you want. And you do this for other things, right? Like you're right. polite, you're kind, you say, please, you say, thank you. It should work the same with books. If you want to raise a reader, they should see readers in their home. Um, and I think that's made a really big difference. Um, we ride the subway a lot. We always pack a book. I pack a book, he packs a book. Um, because we're not usually talking to one another when we're sitting on the train, we're just kind of sitting there. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to pick your book, but just pick a book and I'll put it in my bag and we're going to read when we're on the subway or when we're on the bus or anything like that. Um, so modeling the behavior, I think is, is huge. I love that. And I love how you say that there's a book in every room and every, you know, arm's length and today, um, well, a couple weeks ago we had check it out and Eliana shared that she used to be a food blogger and told me that she has a hundred, uh, not picture books, hundred cookbooks in her home. So now I'm like, okay, well now I need to know who your favorite cookbook person is. And I need to know what is your favorite kind of cookie? Because you told me before we started recording and everybody needs to know these answers. 
So these are important questions. These are life questions. I know. I mean, just let's keep going because we have a lot more life questions. I mean, people so are going to feel like almost every single one of Ina Garden's cookbooks. <gasps> I love her recipes. Um, I don't like that she likes to use extra large eggs for her baking recipes, which is not a thing that you can commonly find. That aside, um, her recipes are very accessible. They're easy to follow and they are delicious. Um, all of them are. I, I, haven't, I have yet to come across an inner garden recipe that I didn't like. I my, know, signature, my, my signature macaroni and cheese is an Ina Garten recipe. Oh, my mom's a huge Ina Garten fan. She actually, my sister a few years ago got tickets for them to go to see her because she was like at our um, Seekerstrom. It's like our performing arts center here in California. And oh my gosh. And so we always laugh because Jeffrey, her husband, my, we always say, oh, did Jeffrey like the recipe? And yeah, they're like my parents to a T. It's adorable. Um, but yeah, I know garden when I was in New York with my mom, when we went to the scholastic headquarters, we went to her restaurant, red cat, red door, something cat. Oh, it's in New York. Look it up. It's so good. Like I had salmon and I still think about it six years later. Love it. Love it. All right. Cookie. I asked Eliana before she, before we started recording and then we'll get back to our real questions, but these are fun too. Um, what her favorite kind of cookie was. And I thought she was going to say chocolate chip because I love chocolate chip cookies and it's not, it's not. So I'm going to let her, her break the news to you. I love oatmeal cookies without raisins. Well, yes. I will add chocolate chips to oatmeal cookies and I will add walnuts to oatmeal cookies and I will add coconut flakes to oatmeal cookies, but I will not ever, ever add raisins. Would you add, is it Malden? Malden? Malden salt? Would you add that to it? A sprinkle of Malden salt on top of any cookie will take it over the top. Girl, we need to just go into business together. I think we do. I mean, you're going to do the baking. I'll just do the eating. That sounds good too. Okay, great. The eating. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So speaking of, she used to be a food blogger. So I would love to know, when did you decide to start your Instagram account? And for anyone who's listening, who is starting an Instagram account, what advice can you give them that like, you don't become who you are overnight? Funny you say that because, um, I started the account because I enjoyed so much connecting with my son over books that I wanted to share that joy with others. Um, so I started the account and it kind of went dormant for a, like after the first month because I got too wrapped up in how it should look, how the pictures should be, how the posts should read and you know what I was trying to find my niche like right when I started and I got in my head a lot about what the account should be. And um, after about a year of it being out, I decided that I was just going to just share what we were reading and just start from there. And it kind of evolved into what it is now, which is still sharing what we're reading. Um, I, we read everything I post. Um, I don't post anything that I don't like. Um, and I'm truly just wanting to share awesome books with anyone who comes across my feed. Um, so if I had to give advice to anyone who's starting, who wants to start an account and doesn't know like where or how to do it, just do it. Just rip off the bandaid, find a book you really like that you're really excited about and share it. 
And then the next day or two days after that, share another one and just get into the habit of making sure that you're just post, but post with intention and, you know, post books that you really like post books that you get really jazzed about post books that you want that you think other people must have in their homes must have in their classrooms and I kind of approach every single one of my posts with that in mind I think that's so important you said two things that really like stuck to my heart the first one was to post with intention because I think we all get like caught up in the I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do that. And it's like, no, like post what you want. Yes. You should kind of think about the room and what people are talking about and kind of being current, but also post what you want because it should not be a distraction or it shouldn't be something you like have to do. It should be something you get to do. And I've really had to work with that because it, sometimes it does feel overwhelming because it's like, okay, you and I are both in a space where our work is really good and people expect to see that. And like, it's okay though, if some days you you don't post or maybe your post isn't as, I don't even know, like it's just speaking from your heart. I know that you and I have talked about like, how real do you really wanna be in this space? And I've come to know that I wanna be real because there's somebody else who might need what I'm going to share. And, um, I think that's just important. And the other thing you talked about that I think is so important is that you do not post anything you don't like. Same with me. If I get something, I don't like it. I just don't post about it. I feel like I don't want to put negative words into a space and tell somebody why I don't like their book. Like that's just not my heart. And so I would choose to rather just not post about it and post things that bring me joy and that I think will bring others joy. I think the other thing that I would add to that is that not every book is for everyone, right? And, you know, you may like a book that I don't and vice versa. And I, I don't necessarily want to put my, my, my space, I don't want to put my energy into something that I don't like when there are so many other things that I do like. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing is too, that I'm, I'm at a point where a lot of publishers are sending me books just because you send me a book doesn't mean that I'm going to post it for that same reason. I'm not going to post it just to put up a post. I'm going to post it because I'm really jazzed about it, or I'm going to post it. Sometimes I'll say, this may not have been my cup of tea, but my son really liked it. And it's for this reason. Um, Cause I also like to throw in kind of like his perspective into some of the stuff that I post. I love that. And it's so true because getting different perspectives. I mean, you and I are very different. And while we do like most of the same books, there's some that like, I'll see you post and I'm like, oh, that looks good. But I just don't know if I would like jive with it. And I'm sure the same thing with me. I might post something you're like, okay, that's great. But like, nah, I'm okay. And I think that's so cool because it shows the book world that like books need to keep coming because there's so many different people who are going to connect with different types of books. Yeah. We should, we should just go into business together. Let's just go change the world. Let's get out of the universe and see where it goes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so if you were a podcast host and you got to interview an author, who would be your number one end-all, be-all person that you would like to interview? And of course, the teacher in me has to ask why. So I'm going to throw you for a loop here because it's not a picture book author. We are no longer friends. 
It's not a picture book author. Um, she writes YA. Okay, okay. I'll, I can be down with YA. She writes YA, but it's more of the personal connection. Elizabeth Acevedo. Okay. Who um, wrote my number one favorite book of all time, which is Clap When You Land. And she wrote The Poet X. She's written a few YA books. She has another one coming out later this year. And I feel like I saw, I saw a lot of myself and my culture um, when I read Clap When You Land. There's just, I, I could read that book over and over and over again. Um, but it goes back to like me making that connection and feeling like we're coming from a similar place and me wanting to know kind of like, like what's in her mind and like what makes her want to like write some of the things that she writes about when it comes to like Dominican culture and all that. She's Dominican American, just like me. Um, she's a curly girl, just like me. And I think that when we pick books, picture book, YA book, whatever kind of book, I think a lot of us are going to gravitate towards the place that makes us comfortable. Um, and like her, her writing makes me comfortable. I love that. Thank you for being so open and honest with that. And I love how you said, like, we go to where we're comfortable. And that's so true. That's just a human like need for us to feel comfort. But I also know you and I've talked about books that like we've read that like are out of our comfort zone are new to us. And we found joy in those too. And so I think it's so great that we can hold both of those and just be book lovers. And you also said something else and I'm totally blanking on it, but if I think about it, I will come back. But I love that even though my question was more about picture books, that you went in a different direction. And I saw, obviously you all are only listening, but I get to see Eliana and I saw her like light up when she talked about this author. And it just, I remember now, it just made my heart so happy. And I think why I love interviewing authors so much is what you said about you get to know the backstory of why books are written and it makes them that much sweeter. So I hope one day you get to either meet her or do like an Instagram live with her. That would be so cool. I would probably lose all my words. I probably wouldn't be able to talk. <laughs> That's how I feel. If I ever got to interview art, so my two are RJ Palacio and Patricia Polacco. Like, I think I wouldn't know what to say. I think I would just stare at them. What I will say is that there is a picture book illustrator that I would love to meet and chat with um, because I think his work is phenomenal. David Litchfield. <gasps> yes. I adore his illustrations so much. I love reading his books. I love especially reading the books where he's author and illustrator. Those are my favorites. Okay, which um, one of those is your fave? Like of the bear you and the piano. The bear and the piano. And it and it's a three book series. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm love that story so much and it's a and, it, and it's a it's a story that I may not have heard of had I not and this is like another tip for like you know raising readers I learned about that book by going into a small independent bookstore in Brooklyn and talking to the bookseller about you know wanting to add more books to our home library and I said you know I want a good meaty story um and when I just said that to her, she pulled out a few and she said, you're going to want to definitely take this one home. And that's when I learned about him and his work. And I just, I gravitate towards his work now, like all the time. I love it.
I love it. You just said something that like made me think of another, I guess, tip for parents or even teachers that your book shelves need to be a diverse, but also B, they need to be mixed with funny and like oh, the heart's not the right word. Like what you meaty. Okay. Funny and meaty. You need both of those because book reading books is not just about the book. It's really about building that experience and that relationship building with our kids. And I think that's another reason why Eliana, I've like gravitated so much to your account is because I see that with you and your son and how it's not just about the book. It's about that relationship that you're building with your son. And I love and that. Add to what you said, we also read tons of Mo Willems for that same reason. They're funny. And my son thinks they are the funniest books in the entire world. I don't necessarily care so much for the Pigeon series, even though he's obsessed with it. I My heart is with Elephant and Piggy. And he could be in whatever mood he is. I can pick up a pigeon book or I can pick up an elephant and piggy book and it will immediately like fix him. <laughs> and those are like, those are his favorite funny books for sure. And, and we have that. tons of them. I love that. Oh, it just makes my heart so happy. So I guess I would let you pretty much just told me why your son loves picture books, kind of just how they like turn his mood around. Or maybe that's one reason, but like, why do you love picture books so much? Like, let's pretend that you, your son was not in the picture and it was just you. Like, why do you love picture books so much? I find them to be accessible. Their length is approachable. And um, despite them being, you know, 30, 40 pages long, you can pack so much meaning into such a small amount of space. And... I, I find that to be the gift of picture books. You don't have to sit with a novel in order to get it, in order to like get the lesson, to learn about the character, to get the point. All it takes is 30 to 40 pages and you learn so, so much. Um, I feel like they have a, an incredible ability to just help you bond with children and with other adults too. Um, and mostly I find them just really accessible and there's, okay. and there's such a breadth of them. Like you now, especially there's, there's a picture book out there for everyone and everyone can see themselves in one way or another in, in a picture book. I love that. So this question just came to my mind and we didn't talk about it. And so we can edit it out if you don't like this question, but I was thinking, what do you do when you get a picture book that you're reading and you're not really sure what it's about? And then you read it and you're like, mm, that doesn't align with my family values or I'm not ready for my son to know about that. What do you do? Do you, well, yeah, what do you do? So I preview the book before I read it with him. Um, you can do that with a picture book. You can't necessarily do that with, you know, a longer text. Mm -hmm. um, I have a perfect example of that. There is a book that I bought this summer. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the name, but it's a book about how babies are made. And um, I, I'm also, I, I'm an open book. We're, we're a very open, we're, we're a very open family, but I paged through the book and I realized that he wasn't ready for it. And that it was a bit, and, and that I wasn't ready for it also. 
And um, I decided that it was still a it was still a very good book, very informative, and the perfect text to have that conversation with a child. Um, but we put it aside, and it's still there. And I still look at it every now and then. And I'm not getting rid of it. It's just it, it's just not the right time for it. Um, if it's something different that I may find um, offensive or that just completely just does not align with us, I'll give it away or send it back to the library or something along those lines. Um, it may be fine for somebody else, um, but I, I constantly remind myself that just because I don't like it doesn't mean that it's not worthy and that it's not um, important to somebody else. It's obviously important to the person who wrote it and the person who illustrated it, but it's just, it's just not for me. And I don't, I don't lose too much sleep over it because there are so many more books out there. Right. that for you to like get hung up over something that's you know that doesn't jive with you I love that I think that's so important and then also I feel like if you do have to have a hard conversation like about you know death or something like that I personally believe that picture books are like the best helper of yeah. that um you know we didn't come with a manual how to do life and even as a teacher, I've had to have some, I mean, especially right now when there's so many things going on in the world and having those conversations with my kids, I like to have my, I like to call it my security blanket, my picture book to help me have those conversations. And I also feel like having tough conversations with kids as a teacher, you know, I obviously am not the parent. And so I'm very respectful of what I say. And like, my kids don't know my political stance or anything like that, but I will talk openly about having a political stance or whatever. Um, but I use it through picture books, which helps me, which also helps them. And then I say, if you have any other questions, like go home and talk to mom and dad or whoever, you know, is at home because they're going to be able to help you understand your family values. I, something that you just said, just like, just really hit the nail on the head. We don't like parents don't get a manual. You're handed your baby. And then you're in the hospital two days. If you have your baby in the hospital and then you're sent home and you're like, what do we do now? Um, so there are a lot of conversations that I find like tough to navigate. And one that I most recently can recall is we have, um, my son's grandfather is going through some health issues right now. He's been diagnosed with dementia. And I was trying to figure out a way to talk to my son about the fact that grandpa's acting a little differently than he usually does. And, and I just couldn't figure out how to do it without like freaking him out because there is no need to freak out there, but there is a difference that I think needs to be acknowledged. And there's a book called, I have it in front of me right now, The Remember Balloons. I was literally in my head thinking, okay, if she doesn't say it, I'm going to tell her. And it was, and it is so perfect for that. Yeah. It's, it was such a gentle way of introducing the topic. And without me even having to say it, he made the connection. And he was like, wait a minute, is that why this and this happened? And I was like, well, um, it's funny you say that because this is what's happening. And, you know, we've had a lot of moments like that. Um, when we talk about social justice issues, like those are just, they're so important to talk about, but it can be so awkward to talk about it with a child. Um, and books are definitely like the, the place we turn to, to have those kinds of conversations. Because kids ask the most innocent questions. And sometimes you're like, Oh, 
okay, don't know how to answer that. And like, they just, they don't know. And it's just, yeah, books are so helpful. Well, Eliana, I love talking to you, but I need to know, is there anything else that you would like to talk about that I didn't ask or anything you'd like to share before we get into our rapid fire questions? I don't think so. This has been such a lovely chat. I, I, I hope that your listeners um, can get a lot from it. Um, I got a lot from it, so <laughs> I'm sure they will. Okay, so I asked these questions to all my guests and again, they're just rapid fire. So like, and I'm horrible about like not wanting to know why. So then I will probably have to ask you why later, but it's just like one and done. So what book are you most excited to come out in 2022? You're not going to like this answer, but I'm excited. It's not just one book. I, I said before, I get super jazzed about seeing myself in books and there are so many books featuring Latinx characters coming out in 2022. I just made a list of them uh, about a week ago. The ones that I know that are, that are, uh, that are published that are supposed to be coming out. And I'm super jazzed to get every single one of them and read every single one of them to my son. Oh my gosh. Well, I have an idea and maybe you already know this idea, but I'm going to tell you anyways, you need to do one of those cool like calendars of all the ones coming out in 2022 of those books and put it on your grid. I need to. Oh my gosh. I'm so pumped. Okay. You didn't answer the question though. So I'm going to re-ask it. We're going to try again. <laughs> what is the one book you were excited to come out in 2022? It's not just one. It's all of them. But can I know one of the titles? Oh, we'll come back. We'll come back. Okay. Let's come back to that. Let's come back to that. We'll come back. Okay. Um, favorite author and favorite illustrator. I would have to say I really enjoyed David Litchfield's work. Like I said, his, his illustrations marry so well with his stories and his, his artwork is just magical. Okay. So that's for your author and illustrator. You want to, I love him for both. Yes. Okay. Okay. Favorite place to read anywhere, anywhere that I can actually get a few pages in. I like to rest and sleep. So I am neurotic for just like falling asleep in random places. So anywhere where I won't fall asleep. <laughs> okay. I just told Eliana while we're talking, I was like, me too. I can fall asleep anywhere. Yep. It's a oh. gift and a curse. Yep. It really is. Okay. If you could put yourself in a book, which book would it be? I was going to say Clap When You Land, the YA book by Elizabeth Acevedo. But um, to keep it picture book themed, I'll say Island Born because it just, it's just, it just feels like me. Oh, I love that. Oh, so good. Um, I need to know, are you a rule follower? Am I a rule follower? Uh-huh. Not all the time, no. I can tell. That, that, <laughs> that question wasn't even on here, but I'm like, okay, every question I asked her, she's come up with her own answer. <laughs> it's Okay. Rule follower to a T and some detriment some days. Um, okay, favorite picture book character? Lola from Islandborn. <gasps> Lola? I love little Lola. She's the sweetest. And her journey throughout the book is, throughout her story is pretty awesome. Oh, I love that. Okay, Eliana, you need to tell all of my Confetti Moments listeners where they can connect with you because they need to, they need to know about you. 
I am on Instagram and my feed is called Kidlit is Magic. Excellent. Well, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you. I cannot wait to keep learning from you. And I'm just so proud and thankful to know you because it's just been such an honor to get to walk this journey with you. And we're going to keep going. Uh, Yeah, we are. I mean, next summer I'm coming to New York, so you have to be ready. Oh, I'm, I'm waiting for you right now. I'm ready. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Chat with you later. Bye. Friends, I love a good graphic tee, don't you? Did you know that I just launched my new magic wear? Yes, that's right. I have new designs, colors, clothing, cups, and hats. You can celebrate the love of reading by rocking an open the magic hat to the beach, a picture books are my jam shirt to the gym, and sip your chai tea latte on Fridays like me in a all new, all the confetti moments logo mug. Order today by visiting my shop at bit.ly backslash magic wear store. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash M-A-G-I-C-W-E-A-R-S-T-O-R-E. All right, let's open the magic together and spread the love of reading all around the world. Hey teachers, how are you? I am just so thankful that you have been listening to the Confetti Moments podcast. It is something that I love to do. I love to share my love of picture books and books and the love of teachers with all of you. And you know what I would love as well is, hey, why don't you share this podcast with another friend to spread the magic with them And leave a comment. Let teachers know, what do you love about this podcast? What do you want me to share more of? I would love to hear from you. All you have to do is go on to wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a review. Thanks so much. And as always, open the magic. Thank you so much for tuning into the Confetti Moments podcast. I hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart. Take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home. See you back here next Monday to open the magic.